Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Oh, Christine. Uh, we, I basically just woke up and, um, already Christine has done a deep dive and, uh, stalked somebody we know, just someone who was for good reason. It wasn't just to shit on them. I, we were trying to get to the bottom of a social situation of something of something. And you know what? As I said, 10 minutes ago, I'll say it again. You give Christine 30 seconds and a Wi-Fi connection and anything's possible. And <laughs> the Wi-Fi connection is key. Otherwise, I really am just playing Best Fiends and like doing nothing good with my time. Uh, uh, anyway, that's that's all we've done so far. Um, that's all we've done today. Um, <laughs> that's about it. In the time I've been conscious, that's that was the only successful thing that's happened so far. It wasn't even uh, me. It was Christine. So. Uh, Christine... What's going on, Home Slice? I miss you. I miss you too. I'm loving your fuchsia lighting. It's very, uh, I don't know, trendy. I like it. You know, I don't know if I like it, but I was like, these these babies change color. I so actually really like it. I'm usually not like a hot pink kind of gal, but oh look, I'm I'm wearing a hot pink on my shirt. Today's feeling pink. We're it's vibing. Little, she's a little pinky. Mm. Um, I yeah I. I don't know. I was feeling I'm in a hermit mode, I think, because I know we're about to go back out on the road. And so I'm feeling a little not wanting to feel like there's daylight anywhere near me. So I picked a moody color. I like it. And I'm sorry that uh, you have to fly. I have to drive, which I feel like there's pros and cons. Mm, Yeah, I'm almost happier to fly. Yeah, I feel like it depends. This it'll be. I mean, we we have a toddler Are you driving so. with a, ba- a baby okay yes yeah. so, yes help me wow um by the way my mother has um volunteered herself to ride with us from raleigh to charlotte did you know this oh i know how would i know that but i love that you asked me thank you for asking um, because honestly with um her behavior she could just you know you what on. there have so. been times where i learned information before you and it pertained to you and not me. So I guess that's a fair question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I am doing my darndest to make sure that's a clear, firm no. Just tell um, oh, I, I got it. What? Call on me. I, I'm going to say. She's going to hear this, by the way. Just so oh. You know. Yeah, she okay. listens to the show. She does? 
I know. I really, I don't. Well, this will be a test. Maybe she's been lying this whole time. Okay, Linda, here's a secret passcode. No. Um, (laughs) What you need to tell her is that we're driving a, like a, say, oh, we just rented the cheapest car from budget rental we can find. And then she's not going to want to ride with us. She'll be like, absolutely not. Yeah, she's going to be like, I'm going to upgrade you to the SUV and then I'll go with her. You know, she would do that to get herself in the car. She'd be like, I'll pay for the luxury one. I'm saying, one. that's, we got to use this to our advantage. Um, no, she, I guess she's going to be in Raleigh, but she doesn't have a way to get to Charlotte. But like, girl, you girl. could get, you could get to Charlotte. Like she I mean, literally works in Charlotte sometimes. So like, I'm like, you know how to get there. She's but, like, um, help. I don't know how. You're like, you've, yeah. it's. Poor me. A businesswoman. (laughs) And she was like, what do you think about me riding with you? I literally, by the way, this is after years of me saying before a show, I am basically, I I go nonverbal. I'm fully catatonic. You're catatonic. Not only am I not fun, I truly, I'm... I might as well be a mannequin. I don't know how to speak. I don't know. I barely know how to breathe. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not only a bad time. Like, I'm fully, like, not there. Um... And my mom still, still is like, well, how about I just ride with you? And th- what is, we think she's going to also be silent in the car? No. Like, I she's love gonna... that that means Eva. Well, I mean, I, I. Well, I then that you... means the two of you have to carry it on your no, back. And em, I'm like, no, 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 I no, told no, you, no, I'm no, bringing no. my child. I'm going on my oh, own right. ride. <laughs> I was like, we've already so... had this conversation on Slack. I am not attending <laughs> with you and Eva in the car because I have a toddler. So good luck yeah. with that. Um, Eva's probably having a panic attack somewhere. It's okay, um, Eva. I'm texting my mom now. I just, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have it figured out by the time we get there. But she's really, um, man, she... I'm sure she was just double checking I mean, before I she like made she other needs a plans. Ride. Like, you know, I get it, carpool. but also I don't get her. She's never seen me that fully like unhinged, and like I don't need. Oh, maybe now's the time. Yeah, right. The 24 hours in me being on a stage. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Why not? Anyway, so really that's you. Sp- I've had to deal with it for years. I know, and God bless you. But that's a special little personality trait only you get to see. I think so. Um, we'll keep, we'll keep my mom away from that. That makes anyway, me feel special. That's, um, let's make that why I drink this week. Christine. I love that. That's a good reason. Um, and, y- and you? Oh, and I, I'm drinking, um, a cold brew out of this, uh, Gleer's Geta Fest mug. Love a Geta. Yeah. Gleer's Geta, 75 years, uh, celebration of Geta. Um, drinking a cold brew. I have another ghost update. Oh, Wow. Well, okay. I feel it, like what? I feel like it is, but maybe it's not that interesting, but I I it made it it did that thing to me where I felt like the 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 like <gasps> the chill rushed through my body. So I feel like it's interesting, but maybe it's not. Tell me if it's boring and I'll stop talking about it. But <laughs> I say to the person who gives us regular updates on their hair and glasses situation. So I don't know why I'm asking for your blessing, but <laughs> You say to the person who like has mastered the eye roll every half a second, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I remember when I was talking about uh, going through the old records and the census mm-hmm. records and stuff, and how that's my new hobby that I've already kind of abandoned, but it's fine. Um, I was going through a deep dive one night, and remember that story I told? It was like months ago now, uh, after Halloween, where I was standing in the foyer, 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 foyer. I don't know. 
Technically, they're the same, but regionally, people say different things. So you're not wrong either. Cool. Way. I'll say both. Um, and we were standing by the front door, and my mom said, oh, doesn't this remind you of Halloween's growing up? Because we just handed out all the candy. Leona was in bed. And I said, man, I just feel like this mm-hmm. house is so like happy at Halloween or something. I don't know. And then I felt somebody like hold my hold my arm, but in mm-hmm. like a like in a nice way, like in a, aw, you know. And so I don't know, that always stuck with me. And then I was looking through old newspapers and I found an article about my house and it said that this was the home of the Halloween parades and Halloween parties. Shut the fuck up, Christine. I know. And I was like, wait, what? So I read this article and it was like uh, from like 1930 something. And it was like, oh, all the kids gathered at blank blank avenue whatever and uh everybody you know was dressed up and they had a bit like all the kids had a big fun halloween and the parents watched the, uh, the little halloween parade through the house and i was well, like you know oh what that means gosh. what you have to relaunch it <gasps> to keep the house happy literally nothing would make me happier <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> halloween right. in my house <laughs> Um, Han, send me that article when you can. Hey, no, can we... okay, I gotta send it because, like, obviously, I can't post it because it's gonna share my personal information. But right, I'm gonna right. send it to you because I had this moment of like, oh my gosh, and it might. I mean, obviously, it might just be a big coincidence, but it was like such a bizarre, fa- fun fact, even if it is just a coincidence. Um, but yeah, I'll send that to you. It was. It was That's uh, amazing. You it know, was very if... sweet. And you know they gotta be booming for it to have made the papers. Like I, my, are you not- sure? Because next to it was like Henrietta visited from St. Louis this morning, and I was like, oh. okay. Well, I guess it was easier to get in the paper when there was like a hundred people in the town in Newport, Kentucky, <laughs> when it really told you everyone's fucking news. Um, well, because my, so you know my ancestry kick, but uh, oh yeah, my, you inspired me famously. If that's the one way. I'll positively inspire you. I'm so happy about it. Because it is. Check, check. There's um, uh, my my Gammy, her side of the family, when I was, I went through a, a really specific spiral on ancestry after she died. And so mm. um, I was trying to find out all that I could. And her, so her name was Carol, but she was like one of like three or four Carols. And each one, as I always thought my Gammy was like, you couldn't be a, a cooler, sweeter, nicer woman. Um, but with every generation, apparently they were nicer and nicer and lovelier and lovelier. And my Gammy could sing. Everyone knew her for her singing. And I guess she got that from, you know, her dad's side of the family. And I found in a bunch of newspaper articles that like her ancestors would always throw like raging block parties every week where they would just all get together by the piano and sing. (gasps) And like everyone knew that like they were like. If you come to this person's house, they had parties until like 4 a.m. where everyone was like dancing in the living room because the the they were all singing together. It was very wild. I was oh. like, so I don't I don't know. I'm just saying we've I don't know how that came out. I was trying to relate and then just kind of weirdly <laughs> bragged on my grandmother. But no, I listen. Yeah, everyone's grandma deserves a little bragging every now and then. Not everyone's, but most people. But I'm just saying maybe it was easier to get into the newspaper but based off of what i know it seems like you had to have like a fucking great party to get mentioned but at like all. we have great parties at well i'm not in the fucking newspaper for it yeah but that's because like there's significantly more people in your town these days i think back then it might have been like oh everyone knows everyone because you know 
no one really leaves, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I love reading those old paper. I mean, my brother had an entire podcast about it where they would read yeah. old newspapers and it like old classifieds. And it was so fun. I really missed that show. Um, it was called human seeking human shout out. Um, but he would read like these and they would go down these like deep dives where they would follow one person like way back and like follow them through the newspapers. Like if they were like, I don't know, selling some miracle cure or whatever, they would like follow them from town to town to see like where they had gone. It's just so cool. Um, and so now I'm just... I'm, I, I just love, I love footsteps. creeping on people. It, I feel it like, feels like you're just like peeping in their lives, you know, from it's, way it's back like when. how you use the internet to find people that are currently alive. I just. <laughs> and what they're up to. Yeah. Me and Zandy apparently just do that in our free time for Which, dead people. But now it's like, I, I'm like way on board now. I'm like, okay, you guys showed me the way. Now it's my, my favorite thing. Like, it's so fun to just It's see. a blast. Especially if it's like, oh, this address. And then I like look out the street and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at it. But I have a weird thing about history like that. So Well, the best me. part is when you combine your newspapers.com account with your ancestry oh, account. I which. They're the, merged the, already, by the way. They're expensive, by the way. But I was like, okay, year-long membership, click. <laughs> well, because if you do that, then as you're rabbit holing on one person, all it takes is one newspaper article to say oh. like, and then his brother, this person, and then you've got a whole new dopamine you're like, rush to uh? chase. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's like a never-ending black hole, but it's it feels productive, you know. If it so. really and like one day you might find out if you look hard enough that you're like related to a person, you know, like and I always maybe. I always wonder if I ever sat down and took the time to like, which I have like thought about doing, which this might be like my own like personal weird little project one day Tell me. is I want to do ancestry for all the people I talk about in my paranormal stories and like <gasps> see if any of them like have any connections or now links or, that would be cool or build like a master timeline of when all these place things were taking place and see where they fall in the timeline because I, like I feel it. like. We've talked about like almost 350 locations. Like some of them there were happening the at the overlap, same time, right? If, yeah. If if Henrietta from St. Louis got in the newspaper, like we could probably figure out, yeah, who's who. You know, who attended the Halloween party at my house? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Anyway, that so like ans I don't know. We've already we've already just tangented so many. Ways. I mean, I'm just like reading this thing here i have this uh i'm not uh mrs harry this is the person who lived at my house mrs harry blank of blank street is expecting her daughter and children of paris this week for the summer that's like the whole thing in the newspaper like that's the article <laughs> i almost wish i lived in a time where i you didn't even have to get off your couch it would be you could be that fucking nosy about every person in town. And you'd like now I understand those old timey like clips and, you know, in plays or whatever or whatever, where it's like the dad pulls out the newspaper and it like has to read the paper. I'm like, well, I'd be reading the paper, too, if it were like telling me who's who's in town, who's ha got some drama, who's throwing a party this weekend. I, I feel like I would read it, too. I kind of wish that like like I live in an apartment complex. I wish we had our own newspaper where like <gasps> weekly I could find out what everyone was up to and if they were in town if they weren't if they if they needed a dog sitter or what the fuck's going on upstairs above me like did how I many ever... how many roaches did you fucking see this week <laughs> and there should be like a tally and you can submit it you know did i ever tell you about the wolper news <laughs> no but i'm about to really have an opinion about it when I was little, Celine, my friend Celine and I wrote a newspaper for our street called the Wolper News and we cuz my mom got a copier and so i would we would type it up on word and then print it out and then make copies and go 
to all the neighbors' houses and just put it unasked in their mailboxes. And I remember the first uh, article, we wrote a critic movie review of Shrek, the movie. Um, and I hadn't actually seen it yet, but I wrote a critic review of Shrek, the movie. And then I thought everyone on my street, and the thing with my street too, is like, we were pretty like close to downtown Cincinnati. Like we were not in a neighborhood where people knew each other. It wasn't like where kids played outside. Like <laughs> these people did not want small children on their porch. Um, before so, the internet, children, first of all, were so fucking ballsy, but also like we were just so creative. Around. So creative. Like, you just had to find a way to make your day last. Oh, my so, God. I got to find that copy of Shrek Critic Movie Review. And I pretended like it was other people writing, of course. Um, sure. Of course. Yeah. But um, um, can I, I know we, we're, like, running on time, but I found this little article. Can I just read you a line of it about how I have to decorate my house from now on to, like, appease the ghosts? Oh, hell yeah. I, f- I found this Halloween thing. Um, the home of Mr. and Mrs. Blah, blah, blah was in gala Halloween attire Friday evening. Oh my God. These names, Winifred, Harriet, Lucille, Marguerite. Uh, okay. Don't say them too loud. You might be conjuring something. Oh no. (laughs) Marguerite. Is that you? Marguerite's ears just perked the fuck up after uh, 300 years. (laughs) She just raised from the dead. Uh, she's like the party's on. Okay. The rooms were effectively decorated in autumn leaves, yellow crepe paper embossed with black witches and cats, pumpkin lanterns that produced a weird sight as the young people clad in fancy costumes and grotesque false faces enjoyed the games arranged by the girls that provoked much laughter. After the games, a merry dance followed. Yeah, that's just really cute. I was like, oh my gosh, they had a... Girl, it sounds like you're gonna have to do a merry dance. That was from 1915. That's wild. It also That's blows my mind crazy. that people were. Ce- I know, I know, I know. No, no, but it but still me blows too. my mind that people were celebrating Halloween, and not much has changed since 1915. It's so wild. Uh, it yeah. makes me feel safe because sometimes I'm like faced with my own like mortality, and oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna miss so much when I'm dead, and then it's like, oh, but not really on Halloween. It's gonna look exactly the same for a long time. And they're time. gonna be summoning you and Marguerite from. From well, the grave, it sounds so. like you and Marguerite might be haunting the same Oops. house one day. So <laughs> you and her might know each other real well. <laughs> anyway, that's really all I wanted to say. But I just uh, I'm, you know, in my little ancestry phase. Thanks to you and Sandy. So. Hey, it's it's a phase that never fully dies. You'll always have Good. roots of it. Just so you know. Um, all right. Well, Marguerite, if you're listening, you need a good story. Here, here, <laughs> Sorry, here Marguerite. comes one. Uh, by the way, you really should appease them because if you might actually also haunt that house one day, God, you're can you right. imagine getting to the other side and being like, "What'd you think of my decorations?" And she fucking side eyes you, and they're like, Ooh. "What? The, where was the yellow crepe paper with the black witches?" Like, oh, Ooh. Fuck. That's so gonna sorry. Be awkward. Yeah, you're gonna I have didn't to really sell it deliver. on Amazon. I'm sorry. You know what you should do as like a little homage though is at least like instead of having to feel obligated to decorate the whole place, maybe just if you can figure out which room it was or just oh, that's dedicate. So cute. Or dedicate one room and just let that room be as accurate as you can imagine. I'll be like, this is my creepy 1900s room. (laughs) It's for the ghosts. You literally live in a creepy 1900s house. (laughs) I know. This is for Marguerite. Okay. 
You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes and there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, well... I feel like that was, by the way, some excellent banter for an introduction. And God, it's that was only- chaotic. I love her. But also here, it's going to get a little more chaotic because this story, I really tried to lean into ghosts and I ended up with like a really fucking wild fun fact story by the okay. end. Okay. So, there are ghosts smattered about, um, but... Are, oh, are they okay? But I... I they're well they're dead <laughs> so they didn't make it totally um but no the ending i i was going through the notes and i was like what and i, I felt like i kept going what and i can't the, wait the ghosts kind of got away from me because i was just fascinated by something else and i just rode the high so i love you're it. gonna have to write it too i'm on it okay so for uh oh by the way episode 322 happy 22 christine oh you too we're covering a cave the hauntings of a cave i love a cave it's in your neck of the woods my friend is it mammoth cave it's mammoth cave no it's not yes ma'am oh yeah super haunted 
Have you had an experience there, Winifred? Has she visited? I have had a more curse than any haunting. That's where I went with that guy I dated where he took two girls with him on that trip and he was dating the other one and I didn't really get it because I'm a little... Oh, Christine. Yeah. And then I accidentally stole him away from her. And Oh, Christine. Yeah. But then now and now we're fr- well, now we're married to other people and we're friends again. Oh, Christine. I didn't mean to, but I still feel really guilty about it. And anyway, but OK, point is he made us go on an eight hour cave spelunking expedition it was called the expert and there was a guy a former marine who had to quit halfway through and they had to escort him back out that's how it was a nightmare like a nightmare but i was trying to impress this boy the second a boy if i met the day i met allison when i was just like i couldn't you like nothing could stop me from being with her spelunking could have (laughs) i was gonna say this was the ultimate (laughs) test and somehow we like i I was like yeah i'm sporty i can do it and they were both really athletic so i was like i'm i got it i'm on it you have a lot more moxie than me because if i hours if elizabeth olsen herself came down and said (laughs) for a million dollars and one kiss you have to go spelunking i'd be like girl you're not for me i don't know what to tell you i uh spelunking i gotta be honest i can't i honestly can't imagine anything worse there was literally one point there is one thing that's worse which is where there was like a four to six foot gap and they said you have to jump like from one to the other and if you fall they were like you better not fall because it takes about 11 hours for emergency personnel to get down here and you will have both legs broken if not dead if you know if you're not dead by the time you hit the bottom so they were like you have to run and you have to commit and you have to leap over it and if you half-ass it you'll fall and i was like this is my nightmare i honestly like there's with love christine if someone said do this or christine dies it'd be like girl i hope you and margarita i would have stepped off of the ledge into that crevice don't worry i'd be gone i know better you're not coming home girl but Um, anyway that's my my haunted experience at fucking mammoth caves but it's beautiful and i want to go back in a more normal way where i just get to look at it just like if you don't see grass don't go there to that area (laughs) um that sounds great i'm sorry i like i'm talking so much today but i just wanted to put my input about mammoth caves but i love it there it's beautiful that's hey no i i love the um the two cents i just i worry for you that spelunking is like somehow not on your red flags list but extremely okay. traumatic it is now it took me i was young and dumb and naive you know and um correct me if, spelunking is the the like getting into little fucking holes and oh, trying yeah. to cl- like i'm sorry i'm i'm sure it's a lovely sport and there's a science to it and all this stuff but like how do you fucking like, get into leave that? it for the professionals you know but I'm also like, like the professionals but also, also need to go home like they <laughs> don't stop like give me a reason don't give, we what, have what was the reason we have cameras now put a camera on a bat there yes put, put a it on GoPro a, on a bat and extend a pole but like well i don't understand I, I don't understand the point besides like being able to say like i'm this skinny like i don't understand <laughs> like, that was part of it i my butt got sucked like three times and i was like this and i actually like i'm if i'm being honest i think that's why the former marine guy had to go back because he couldn't fit through all the little crevices um which now i absolutely could not fit through but at the time i could barely fit through and they had like a weight and height restriction and like you had to pass like this fits it was insane i don't even know i was just i don't know um it was not a high time of my life all right let's put it that way anyway well it's okay 
Uh, thank God I wasn't there. You would have just seen me rolling my eyes the entire time. <laughs> we wouldn't. You would not have made it that far. In. <laughs> I would have been, been like, like, "Fuck this." Uh, that's cute. I'll be at Chipotle. Come, come get me when you're done. <laughs> at the local Chipotle in the woods. Yeah. If I don't hear from you in an hour, I'm going to assume you're dead and also not come looking for you. <laughs> okay. So here is Mammoth Cave. It is in Brownsville, Kentucky, which I looked up with your address. We won't be saying. And you're three hours from there. Yeah. Um, it is the world's longest known cave system, hence why it's called Mammoth Cave. Mm-hmm. Um, it has over, this is just currently, it has over 400 miles mm. It's of tunnels and underground workings and caves and all this. I can and confirm that because I think I went through all of all 400. <laughs> Did you just like body. dive into 400 miles of little cracks and just... I was so bruised the next day. It was horrifying. I, uh, wow. I, that's just, that truly does sound terrible. Terrible. I, I don't wish to be you. Don't and recommend. I don't even know if they still do it, but don't do not do it. I think they do. <gasps> okay. I think they do. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it sounds like people still come here that are like either cave experts Explorers. or like cave diving, exploring experts. Yeah, Explorers like, like me. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, me I just want to like look from the car and go, that's nice. And then keep driving. <laughs> I want to um, go to the gift shop. That's literally all I want. Like, I, I just want to go to the gift shop. <laughs> So, can you imagine like what kind of stuff do you think would be at a gift shop in a, for a cave okay my brother and i did caves on beach to sandy and i read about a lot of reviews of gift shops at caves and they They're, are wacko they gotta have the when you when you dig through the sand you find a little rock or a dinosaur bone do a little fossil brush a little fossil brush now that's good i bet they have stuffed bats um the Ooh. one thing that they did have at a lot of these caves was like v- bizarre trump paraphernalia because a lot of them are in very rural locations and like run just by individual families so there was some Yikes. weird shit i Maybe don't like, think mammoth oh, cave is like that the little kid helmets with the lantern now on that's it that's cute oh a lantern a, a lantern. lantern a little lantern or a now flashlight we're talking a lot of things that light up i bet yeah okay so there's over 400 miles that have been explored that's mm. it um, there are said to be another 600 miles to explore. Are you serious? So even if you got lost, there is less than a 50% chance it's in charted waters. Um, but that's why those spelunkers do it. They're like trying to chart the territory. And they're all, yeah, they're also trying to like get their name known for discovering a certain oh, cave. Oh no. Well, I'm sure I deserve something, I think. You know, with the alliteration of Christine's cave, you certainly... Come on. Come on. Your cave would be so fucking crazy. It would really, it would make no sense. You, like, just no lost. GPS in the world could get you back. It'd be just you a would... circle. You'd be so confused. <laughs> so, fun fact, in 1905, um, this cave inspired H.P. Lovecraft's early work of The Beast in the Cave, mm. which was about a beast in the cave. Um, <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you. Um there's also the cave was originally used for mining gypsum, which I looked up what gypsum is. Do you know what it is? Yeah, it's like a, a crystal. Yes, it's used uh, apparently a lot for like plaster and chalk and blackboard. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds Fun right. fact. Um, but this was they would mine for this in a time when like there weren't really you know a lot of ways to get too far into the cave because it was so fucking dark so at that point only like 20 miles of the cave had been discovered the rest of it was just an abyss but how cool and mysterious i know which is why people like you probably kept going and that's how (laughs) we got 400 miles of this place (laughs) and all these ghosts apparently (laughs) 
Uh, so the cave has been used, as far as we know, based on artifacts we've found. The we, as if I was talking about that. I was going to say, and then I kept my mouth shut. I was like, we, okay. Uh, the cave has been used for at most 6,000 years, as far as we can tell, by indigenous folks. And yikes, during the War of 1812, enslaved people were forced to mine saltpeter here for gunpowder. Oh, great. Um, they also, uh, these enslaved people were also used for the earliest wave of mapping the cave. Of course, because they were like, we'll spelunk when it's cool. We'll put our name on it, but you do the hard work. But like you go into the completely dark miles of hundreds and hundreds of miles of risk your life for it. Yeah. And never come back. So let's just say probably a lot of deaths are from that alone. Um, a lot of these enslaved people were also the first guides in the 1830s when tourists began to visit the cave, which blows my I, I mean yes sad but blows my mind that there were tourists in the 1830s like i don't know why but it, it, i feel like the entertainment value of i can't imagine like admission for something in the 1830s but don't we talk about all those weird things like oh people were murdered here pay a nickel and you can walk through and that's <laughs> take true home a postcard to the kids that's true and i guess there wasn't like too much in the entertainment world to go off of so a cave was like pretty much yeah it was like either you a freak had. show or like a cave that was about it or a mur- murder house crime scenes. i guess so yeah so the because now people were coming in these enslaved people were also being used as tour guides um one of these enslaved people was stephen bishop who we fucking love by the way oh, hell um yeah. he was uh ended up being a famous guide of the cave and he is probably or was probably the smartest person in terms of the geology of this cave he knew so much about this area um bishop has been credited by the national parks website as one of the greatest explorers Mammoth Cave has ever known, and uh, scientists even relied on him for his geology information, and he mapped over 20 miles himself and was the first to observe a certain type of cave fish that was here. Ooh. Did they Um, name it the bishop fish? The fishup? (sighs) (laughs) Obviously not, but I wish they did. Wow, a fishup. Are you kidding me? That would have been so fucking great. Um, It's too bad. I like to think that's what he called it though you yeah, know yeah 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 for sure he's like i'm bishop and these are my fishups like a yep. nosh galosh okay Anosh-galosh, just the same <laughs> exactly the same thing one and the same so in 1842 there was a guy named dr Crogan. um he was the nephew of william clark of lewis and clark oh mm-hmm. he was clark's nephew and he owned the cave and people cool. um Great. He had tuberculosis, or I'm sorry, consumption at the time. <laughs> and I don't know if this guy was like an early like QAnon fella or something, oh, but he was interested in experimenting with tuberculosis since he had it. So he moved 15 other people with tuberculosis, who I guess volunteered, into the caves with him. So all 16 of them lived in the caves. Okay. His thought behind this was because consumption required, like, fresh air. Um, I think he forgot what the word fresh meant. Oh, yeah, um, moldy, mildewy yeah, air. Just damp, Surrounded dark. by fish, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fish mm. up, excuse you. Um, <laughs> but I think he thought, well, the cave is 
apparently at the time it's always 54 degrees so it was cool air so i think he mixed up cool air and fresh air um it happens and then 15 other people all with tuberculosis that was not healing itself all moved into these caves um and he had i guess had uh the people he enslaved build 10 cabins for them in the caves or near the caves and he uh that was where they all stayed um these people lived in the caves for months um, it was supposed to heal them, or that's what he thought, but they didn't take into account how damp and gross the air was, plus the fact that they were bringing oil lanterns in there, and so oh. they were fumigating themselves. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So if your issue is like a respiratory health problem, and now you're just breathing in carcinogens um, in a in a musty cave for months. Can um, I give you a fun fact about consumption? Yeah. My brother told me recently, he knows really weird, like, facts that are always ancillary to our stories on this show. Um, but he, we were at, like, some, don't judge me, we were at a home and garden show because my mom really wanted to go and I wanted her to watch the baby. So we went to this home and garden show and they had all these Adirondack chairs. And my brother was like, do you know why they call them Adirondack chairs? And I was like, no. I just assumed it was because they're from the Adirondacks. So apparently they were the chairs that they would use for people with tuberculosis and so at the sanitariums like waverly hills they would line up all these adirondack chairs and just have people like lounge out in the fucking snow and shit to try and recover but they were primarily utilized in the adirondacks so that's why they're called adirondack chairs i have two fun facts to go off of your fun fact oh i see okay you're gonna one-up my fun fact all right i have one after you so um i'm gonna one-up your two-up I don't know if they're going to one-up you, but just through um, ADHD and selfishness, I'm going to just talk about myself. Go for it. Um, the Adirondacks are my favorite spot in the entire world. Did you oh. know that? Uh, <laughs> what? I thought Canada was. I'm so confused. Like, I obviously love Canada, and I've talked about that a million times. But if I ever, like, like when I think about where I'm going to, like, retire one day, it will be the Adirondacks. Well, like, I can I'm, see you on an Adirondack chair with consumption. Well, fun fact number two, there's nothing, Christine, that gets me more jazzed than those Adirondack chairs that are so big. Your entire oh, no, not now. those. <laughs> Every time I've ever seen one, I have been with Allison's family in a car and I didn't know them very well yet. And that didn't matter to me. I saw one from across the highway and I went, stop the car. Like, <laughs> And then I made everyone take a picture with me. And that, oh my there's God. nothing. Well, to be honest, there's nothing I love more than things that are not their normal the size. size. Yeah. Either too small or too big. But those Adirondack chairs, they really get me going. Well, they, now you know why they're called that because they're for people with tuberculosis. It's pretty you know, cool. I wish if we were all going to die from tuberculosis. Why didn't they have those really large novelty ones so everyone could sit together? <laughs> Just <hold> hands. <laughs> oh my god! I bet the air's nice up there too. You know, like a little less damp than a fucking underground cave. <laughs> what was um, your fun fact off of my fun fact off of your fun fact? So my brother recently went to Mammoth. We're, I'm circling us back to the caves. Oh, okay. um, my brother recently went to Mammoth Caves. Uh, I forget why, but he went recently and he said uh, for the first time since we were kids and he said they still have uh, chars on the on the 
walls mm. and ceiling of the cave from those oil lamps that those people Oof. brought in. Like you can still see all the residue because back then you could just wander into like a national land, you know, landmark and like fucking put You know fire what's crazy? Everywhere is they still do tours with the oil lantern sometimes. Oh, that I think he did that tour. I think they they do them f- like few enough that it's not totally damaging the park. Yeah, yeah. I think he said they pointed out like where you could see all the old Or maybe maybe they have residue. a certain path where they're like this part will destroy but the rest of it is <laughs> this sacred. Part's safe. It's okay. So, uh anyway, these um these tuberculosis patients who signed up for this like wacky project with uh (laughs) william clark's nephew they're all living in these cabins either in or near the mountain um or the the cave and they are just slowly killing themselves um and there was they actually had a, a cook hired on that would bring food to them every day so that they never had to leave the caves because they thought the caves were keeping them so alive um and the cook even said this about them I used to stand on that rock and blow the horn to call them to dinner, and they looked more like a company of skeletons than anything else. <gasps> oh, so I, no. So five of those people died in the cave. Oh, no. So that's a third of them. Oh. And their bodies got moved to a spot that's now called Corpse Rock. Oh, my gosh. Uh, some were also buried in the cave's cemetery, which apparently there was a fucking cemetery at this cave because so many people were dying. <laughs> no, okay. Oh no. It was called Old Guide Cemetery, and their cabins still stand, and there were even postcards with like pictures of oh these cabins. God. And they called the cabins consumptive cabins <laughs> because no. people had consumption there. Um, in 1849, Dr. Krogan himself died of tuberculosis, so his project did not Oopsie. land. And uh, all of his, I think, I hope, all of his, uh, the people that he enslaved were freed, one of them being Stephen Bishop, um, oh. who also became a, quote, world-renowned naturalist. Hell yeah. Um, he also took a job as a guide at the caves because he loved it so much. Um. So he ended up working as a guide there and then became known as like the best guide the cave had ever seen. Oh, that's great. Good for him. What a fucking comeuppance, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I also really, his only downfall is he didn't call them fish up, but that was it. Honestly, Um, he might have, it might've just gotten lost to history, you know? I like to think he like just kind of wrote, he just jotted down in a notebook somewhere. Under his breath and someone said, what'd you say? And he's like, nothing. (laughs) He like, he tried, he tried to see if it would land, but nobody got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never mind. Don't worry. You were just born in the wrong generation. Now we're loving it. We're loving it. Uh, so in the 1820s, since then, there have aport- uh, reportedly been hauntings in this in these caves, which would make sense. That I mean, people are already dying of, I guess, mm-hmm. tuberculosis. And, you know, there are a lot of people who went missing in these caves, um, either because they were looking around or because they were enslaved <sighs> and forced to. Um, there's, there's already people not making it. So today there's over 150 official reported haunted uh haunting experiences oh my gosh i didn't know Um, that many which i feel like 150 since the 1820s i feel like that's only like one haunting a year oh i thought you meant like 150 specific ghosts you're saying like just instances instances oh yeah i guess so but if you think like in a place where people aren't usually that's true it feels like 
That's true. Like a For a second, I was like, we can do better than that. But I guess. Don't step it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently there's at least 150 reported instances okay. of hauntings since the 1820s. Um, people would see miners in, again, that's M-I-N-E-R-S, in outdated clothing, walking alone in the cave. Um, so there's people that used to work in the caves that are still haunting the place. People would hear horrible coughing from the consumptive cabins. <gasps> that's spooky. And see shadow figures walking in and out of them. People also claim that they can still see Stephen on the grounds carrying a lantern and exploring, and he's in old clothes. Um, he's even said to be seen on tours and in the cemetery where he's buried. Like uh, when people are on tours? Mm -hmm. I <gasps> hate that. You know, it always freaked me out. The The one place that we've covered a lot, or well, we haven't covered it a lot, but we covered it and a lot of the stories were just what people have seen on tours is the Alamo. Oh, and yeah. There was like, there oh, were I like remember. cowboys and soldiers and children and Abraham Lincoln and like all these random fucking, yeah. like all of these beings just show up on tours and then like talk to the kids on the tour. <sighs> and then there was that story of the kid who was like playing with another kid mm -hmm. and then was like, the kid had to go away and he was yep. never really there. Yep. It's just a no thanks from me. Yeah. Um, on the tours now, the guides will do a blackout portion where yes. they want you to know how dark the caves actually look without any lights on. So they will turn off their lanterns. It is truly terrifying, by the way. I have been in a cave at pitch black and it really is. I mean, it's the classic. You can't see your hand in front it's of It's like thing. you feel like you're suddenly disembodied. Like you yeah. don't know where any. It's very unsettling. Well, it's perfect because their tour, I think it's like part of the spooky portion of the tour <gasps> and they turn out the lantern. So you're already like discombobulated and, and then it, there, there's just, you can't see anything. You can't hear <laughs> bye anything. Bye. Yeah. And so then, I'll, then people actually like, maybe it's their senses, but, or maybe it's them like trying to piece something together, but people swear they hear things and see <sighs> stuff. Um, one guide, as he was turning out the lantern one time, saw a family in the back of the group and he knew they were not part of the tour. <gasps> and they looked very clean and fancy and period clothing. And then they vanished. And he realized that where they were standing in the cave was near a former church that held services in the cave. What? I think this was during the during the time of slavery i think people oh, were oh, finding I ways to hold church oh services i see for when themselves. they were forced to be in there okay mm -hmm. yeah um and then there ended up being an actual methodist church in the caves too so i don't know if that was i don't know the history to that but i mean that's if that's like a a that's a church i would at least go once if my like friend dragged me because i slept the, uh, slept over you know i'd yeah. be like if it's in a cave i'm not going to complain as much you know it's like my mom said you can sleep over but you have to come to church with us in the morning but it's in a cave i'd be like but okay. but, but there's bats oh and mm. a gift job oh okay <laughs> um so in this same area uh, where we're seeing apparitions of people who shouldn't be there. People also hear footsteps. People have gotten shoved as if someone's walking past them, but then nobody's there. But that's got to be so creepy at night when you're walking around or when you're on a tour and you turn out the lights and you know there are people near you. And if someone bumps into you, you can explain that as like, oh, that's one of the guests who can't see. Hmm. But if you turn the lantern back on and you're the only person oh, on that side of the no. room. Forget it. 
People have gotten shoved by a lot of unknown forces. They've even felt someone grabbing their hands in the dark, which just so no that thank mean, you. Because that means they can see your hand. Like, they can, <gasps> they see, can you, see you. But you can't see them, which is Ooh. just the worst. Ooh, and just like that, Unacceptable. I just have like a... That. Um, guests, staff, and researchers, because remember a lot of researchers still come here, they have all heard multiple kinds of sounds, including gunshots when you're alone. No Ugh. fucking thanks. Um, they've also heard a lot of voices, especially women's voices, and one of the most famous voices is said to be of a woman named Melissa. Now, okay. tell me what you think about <laughs> Melissa. She's from the 1800s, which, um, again, I didn't know Melissa was a name in the 1800s, but... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she apparently really liked this guy who didn't like her back oh, so you know no. what she did she took him to the caves and she took him deep into the caves and then she fucking left him there no and he never found his way out of the caves <gasps> and she's so guilt-ridden about this allegedly that her ghost still calls out looking for him in the caves to bring him out oh no I know. Melissa did him dirty. Oh my gosh. I mean, listen, no means no, Melissa, okay? Someone's not into you. It doesn't mean you get to kill them. That's a great point. Just and saying. also, I will say the Melissa story is, like, I think a little bit of a legend at this point. We don't know yeah. if it truly happened. Um, wow. But people, if you hear a woman's voice, people just go, like, Ugh, Melissa. You Melissa, know? give it a rest. I mean, she does sound a little needy and wishy-washy all at the same time. She's yeah. like, mm. She's Never like, I mind. feel so bad. I'm like, why did you do that then? This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So there's a woman's voice, which we think is Melissa's. We don't even know if Melissa's real or not. Um, it's heard a lot when you're coming around corners and people can never make out what she's saying, but they do hear a woman's voice. Mm. Um, people also hear screams. They hear intense knocking that can't be explained away. And some people have even thought that this cave happens to have knockers, which uh, we talked about that in the Haunted Minds episode, yes. which was episode 298. Um, in 1935, there were two guides whose names were Grover and Lyman, which now I feel like we're in Sesame Street. <laughs> and <laughs> I've never heard of a person actually named Grover. Well, I guess our president. 
Um, but whatever. Our president? Oh, you mean like back Grover in the Cleveland? Day. I'm yeah. like, um, who do you think is our president? <laughs> Super Grover? Uh, I wish. <laughs> the little blue Muppet, yeah. Um, um, I knew a guy named Grover growing up. That's shut up say. what was yeah. he like he rode a motorcycle and he was um like the handyman and he lived on wolper he was one of the um unwilling participants of the wolper news so i feel like are you saying whooper wolper wolper yeah w-o-o-l-p-e-r i want you to hear it though like pretend that i'm pitching no no no. pretend oh. i'm i'm pitching an episode of sesame street grover <laughs> is a handyman on wolper street <laughs> Wolper Avenue. <laughs> Wolper Avenue. I'm so sorry. It has but, like, even more uh, fun ring to it. None of that sounds right. Also, and if he you're... rode a little motorcycle. I mean, he was great. And Selena and I harassed him all the time. We're like, Grover! And he'd be like, leave me alone. I um, just, I, I wonder if Grover's going to make a comeback one day. You know what else? Just, he what? lived in the apartment complex with the guy that we called Antimobile. Because he had a car and he said it was for ants. So we started calling him Antimobile. But then the people who lived above them, their apartment caught on fire. And that's how we ended up with three chinchillas one summer. <laughs> it's a really weird place to live. But so there was plenty of fodder for the Wolper News because I had a lot to write about the fire. Shrek. Have you? <laughs> it's sometimes so hard to be your co-host because. <laughs> have you ever heard the TikTok sound where like they're like. Tom got in an accident and then he rolled the car five times and also he had a bruise on his eye. Like it like was just oh it's just like more and more <laughs> and more to the stop. and no context. I that's how that all I'm came so to be just sorry. now. Grover had a motorcycle, but also an antmobile, but then something <laughs> caught on fire and that's why they had chinchillas. That's an episode of fucking Sesame Street, by the way. <laughs> it's, You're only such... convincing me more and more that you've lived on one, two, three Sesame Street. <laughs> It was uh, it was all such a blur, but that was a weird summer. I'm not going to deny it. It certainly doesn't sound <laughs> normal, so I'm glad you can admit that. Let's try this again. There were two guides in 1935 named Grover and Lyman, um, or Bert and Ernie, apparently. And <laughs> Antimobile. They drove the Antimobile to the caves. <laughs> and they discovered a mummy. Oh, no. This is like your fucking chinchilla story. Wait, this what? makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, he's the one up. Lyman is like, fucking sit down. Hold my beer, <laughs> Grover. So uh, they found a famous mummy that is now named Lost John. Oh, no. And apparently, I will say, they found this mummy who ended up being like the famous mummy of them all. But apparently this cave had a few mummies. Ah. <gasps> Um, and they were found after the war of 1812 because bodies had died in there. Um, oh. and because the cave has such sodium rich soil, bodies were being mummified by accident. Oh my gosh. Including their organs being fully intact. And that's what <gasps> happened to lost John. So, uh, they think that maybe he, he's from like 400s bc apparently what and they think maybe he was mining for gypsum and got crushed by a rock or something and died in the cave and they found his fucking body <gasps> um and then yikes he was then put on display for tourists for decades oh well that's what i'm saying with the whole freak show crime scene thing it really does go hand in hand with all these other tourist spots from back well, then yeah that that i could understand why people would charge a nickel like that mm -hmm. makes more sense than like just I don't know, a random cave that you can't see in. Anyway, 
now that maybe there's lanterns and also mummies, people are obviously coming. I, I get it. I do. Um, this mummy wasn't properly reburied until the 1970s. <gasps> um, oh and he God. was reburied where he was found. And apparently very few staff were told exactly the location of his body. Currently. Oh, wow. They don't want him dug back up. Mm-hmm. Disturbed. And when those two guides found him, they were waiting around until someone, I guess, like they, I mean, in the 30s, how do you like call the police? I don't understand. But um, <laughs> a phone tree? <laughs> I don't know. You just like literally scream until someone hears you. you. Literally. Help! <laughs> like, or you're in a I cave. So. Like, Oh, right. Anyway, apparently they somehow alerted the authorities. And while they waited around for them to get there, um, they were kind of like just hanging out next to his body. And they were looking around in the caves. Grover finds a hole and he sticks his hand in it to see what else is in there and nothing come. He doesn't pull anything out, but all of a sudden inside the rock where his hand is, he hears three very slow knocks from below. He's like, that's fucking crazy. And Lyman goes, let me try. And the same thing happens. You dummies don't do that. So I don't know what they set off, but the two of them swear that these three knocks that were delivered to each of them, um, cause them to have bad luck for the rest of their lives. <gasps> oh, so they maybe no. maybe lost John, the mummy cursed them, is their thought. Um, oh, no. So Grover only died three years after this event. <gasps> three more years later, Lyman lost his job. 30 years later, Lyman's kid had really bad health issues. And three years after that, his kid died from those health issues. No. And Lyman said he regretted finding lost John thinking that lost lost john cursed them um and he warned others to never go exploring and messing around with that stuff um in the graveyard a lot of people hear a woman playing violin because i guess her house used to be there that's spooky Apparently, there are some ruins nearby where people still see items disappear and then reappear in other areas. Oh. And then this is the fucking noodles situation, Christine. (laughs) In in case this episode wasn't insane enough for you. pretty bananas already, but I'm ready. This is the story of arguably the most famous ghost, or at least the most famous death at Mammoth Cave, of Floyd Collins. (gasps) Okay. Do you know this name? I don't think so. This is fucking Balloonatunes. <gasps> Do you know about the Kentucky Cave Wars? No. Did you say wars or wars? I thought you said the the one that rhymes with it, and I was like, hmm. What? 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 I thought you said the Kentucky Cave Horse. <laughs> is that also a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, should I know? Because I, I feel like I want to. That sounds like a crazy brothel or something. I um, was like, wow, what a TLC original series. Um, no, no, sorry. Kentucky wars. Cave I've, Wars. I think I've heard of it, but I don't really know much about it. So this happened in the 1920s when a lot of the caves were privately owned at the time. But oh, sure. Tor- but tourists were still coming to look at caves. And so now all of a sudden, all of these people with a privately owned cave are now like competing for uh-huh. the admission of tourists. Um, and it was this boom in cave tourism, which I did not even know was a thing. And it was called the Kentucky Cave Wars, where I guess all these like rich people were like, nope, my mine's going to be the hot spot oh my for tourism. God, this is insane. Like, think about first all the white people being like, let's own this 
Earth, a part rock. of Earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah let's, oh, this is my rock. This is you my rock. Come, it's but... never been explored, so it's not like I know anything about it. Right. But it's still and it's mine. not like I explored it, God forbid. <laughs> and I never would and I never will. So and I never um... will, but you should pay me five cents and then yeah. you can come look at it. And it's better than everyone else's. God. So um I do know that William Clark's nephew, the guy, the tuberculosis yeah. man, he paid ten thousand dollars for his rock for his cave for his rock. um which i don't that was 1920s 1930s so whatever Shall ten thousand dollars yeah okay. let me find the actual year uh oh shit apparently it was 1842 oh well that probably would have made a big difference um 1842 ten thousand dollars ten thousand let's find out that would be Oh my goodness, $364,000 and $364,841. I feel like no cave is worth that. Like, I mean, maybe the cave itself it could, in the world of like valuable valuables, maybe it is worth that money, but it's not worth to me. I, I would like see a rock and be like, you, that's worth spending that much. I feel like I would because. I mean, I wouldn't because I don't want to like own a cave. Well, I do. But anyway, I feel like <laughs> if you're charging people entrance, then you can do the math and be like, OK, I'll pay this much for it. Like an investment. But I'll, yeah, like but I'll profit, you know, I guess so. But I like I just there's so many other things I would spend three hundred thousand dollars on besides a cave. I mean, I'm maybe sure if it were like had... the bat cave, you know, uh, yeah, if it had some technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, on a cool car. But. Also, he probably had a lot more than just that money. Like, that was probably just one thing he decided to buy. You know what I mean? To have that much like, money sure in the 1840s. Like, I'm sure he was able to buy lots of other things, too. It sounds like people as well. So Yeah, exactly. Yikes. Sounds like nothing uh, was was, was off bad enough for his dollars. Yeah. Yep. Kentucky Cave Wars, people are, like, exploiting their own caves Love for... It tourism dollars Great. um and there's this guy named floyd so floyd wanted in on this like cave industry and he even found a cave on his property called crystal cave oh. now one thing that i think is super ironic about all this is that everyone was like i own the i privately own this cave i privately own this cave and then like years later we'd find out that all those caves were fucking connected to mammoth cave which was also privately owned so technically none of them i don't think belong <laughs> yeah, they, to them it's all one big cave right it was just all one big cave um but so he found crystal cave on his property which also by the way later we find out was connected to mammoth cave but um he was like i have a cave on my own property this is amazing i'm so glad i found this i'm gonna like be in with the cave tourism and uh no one is coming to his cave apparently it was either too <laughs> too hard to find or it was i don't totally know the reasoning but no one was visiting his cave so he was like all right plan b i'm gonna find another fucking cave um and he ended up exploring what became known as sand cave sand like beach sand um and I think it was actually on another person's property. And he was like, if I find anything real good, we'll just split the profits. And I don't know if he was honest about that or not, but he's exploring sand cave and he's hoping that after he maps it, he can make it accessible to visitors and then people will really, he'll start making his money. Okay. So part of sand cave, um, the part that he was climbing through in this one event, I'm sure he was climbing forever and ever and ever. And all of it went super duper well. Now we get to this one point where he's climbing and I think he's actually trying to get out of his hole, but he's like spelunking for sure. And he's trying to get out 
And apparently the space he's trying to climb out of is, quote, barely wider than an air conditioning duct. Oh, no. Uh, when a 27-pound rock falls <gasps> and traps his foot. Oh, shit. Uh, by the way, I've never watched 27 Days Later with James Franco oh, I and The Rock. Don't watch it. I can't imagine, but also, like, I can't imagine that and also the claustrophobia of being in something the size of an air conditioning duct. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's not, none of it's good. It's actually quite bad. So he was found a whole day later, which at least he was found. He was alive. I'm surprised he was found, to be honest. Experts, like, there were, like, I don't know what type of experts are involved in this, but cave experts, they were all trying to help him. First responders were there. So many people came out, firemen, police. Anyone, everyone was coming to help this man. And eventually he got, Christine, he got so many people there trying to help him. And the word spread so much. Keep in mind our story about local newspapers. Like 24 hours later, imagine what was in the paper. This man's fucking stuck in a rock. We should find it. We probably could. Well, so many people, I guess, read the news or heard the news. Like radio announcers came, like news reporters came. Um, so everyone knew about this. And so many onlookers came to watch him get rescued that like food stands and souvenir carts and game <laughs> stands were all set up nearby. And this became a fucking carnival. Oh my God. Oh my and, God. Like he could have, like the trauma of like, I'd be like, if I get out of here, I'm never eating a fucking turkey leg again. Like, I can't. Like, this <laughs> the is. The smell of just like kettle corn <laughs> would just be so triggering after that. Like, so many people. Like, it. Also, by the way, I do have a picture for you of him, <gasps> just so you know what the situation is. So, this is what he looked like in there. I'm putting it in Geo's trio. This is him stuck. And it's he's further down than it looks. Oh my God. Oh um, my god, that is ghostly. I'm scared of this picture. That's the face of someone who can smell kettle corn and <laughs> knows no that one's it's... offered it. It's like <laughs> um, they're like, you can't gain any weight. We're trying to pull you out of this fucking hole. Honestly, though, like I like I can't even imagine the fear and the panic. I mean, I would also be like so grateful <sighs> that people came at least and are trying to help me. But I like wow, I like I don't know how. I, I would say, feel but it does remind me of the times you and I have said to each other like if I go out or like you've said if I pass out on stage like it better be funny and entertaining and you better milk the <laughs> shit out of it you know I feel like it reminds me of that attitude of like we might as well turn this into like he wanted to be successful by you know finding it making a tourist cave well look here you go I hope he had my opinion about that or my attitude of like if I'm going down and it's going to suck, we might as well make it as fun as we can. Might so. as well ha- let other people, you know, look on with some popcorn. If we, if I ever do pass out on stage, which is still a minute by minute fear of mine. Um, <laughs> if there's a food truck outside, please make that man come inside and give everybody free tacos or something <laughs> while I get it together. Uh, it'll be on me. I'll be like, tacos on me. Yeah, we'll expense, we'll expense it. We'll expense it for the whole audience. It. Don't worry about it. We'll expense um, M's ambulance bill and all the turkey legs <laughs> tell the theater tech to turn on the disco lights bump up the bass uh and i mean it by the way if, I like, know. I, okay okay just, oh i know you mean it I, I, i'm glad we're clarifying for the listeners out there yes just in case okay um but anyway so people are coming out in droves to see this all unfold um 
So reporters were coming. Announcers were coming. Literally, congressmen were leaving the House floor for updates. <laughs> like, the entire world was just obsessed with He's this like story. He's like viral, you know, he, for the day. He went, that was, if that was their version of viral, he absolutely went viral. Um, he was on the front page of newspapers for weeks. Oh, Jesus. By the way, because he was in there for weeks. <gasps> no. They couldn't get him out. This is like the Chilean cave miners or baby Jessica or something. <laughs> you know, like this keeps happening. Well, like he's literally, I think it was like 18 days or something oh and they couldn't God. get him out. So like, I think people were like volunteering to go down there and like try to like give him food while they were figuring it out. Jesus. There was one reporter named William Skeets Miller, um, a reporter named Skeets. Okay. Yep. Um, and it was apparently because he was as small as a mosquito, which like, wow, wow. What a, what, okay. I'm not going to question it. It's better than the other version of Skeets. So. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, so he apparently, as a reporter, and he was like, if I'm here, I'm going to get the best fucking story I can. He would literally crawl down the hole to like where I guess someone was holding him by his feet to interview Floyd himself. Yeah, they don't um, call him Skeets for nothing, you know? I... <laughs> <laughs> He's just Sorry. so itty bitty, he could just slide right it's down. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he slid too hard and like ran into him? Like, oh that'd be... my God. But so I guess like someone was hold. I, I'm assuming someone was holding him by his ankles while he interviewed Floyd himself to get like, you know, on the ground the reporting. In the ground, the ground. Re- in the ground reporting. <laughs> But also, like, props to Skeets, because anytime he would interview him, he went down there multiple times. And every time he would try to, like, dig him out while he was there or, like, pull on him or do whatever he could to try to also help him. Well, that's nice. Um, And this is a quote that I saw. I think this was from the Daily Beast. Um, But apparently Floyd Collins became such a big name. This was in the 30s, I think. 20- 30s? Um. And I mean, it truly was viral at the time. This is a quote. It was national radio's first major story. And it was the first time that the entire country would stay abreast of a tragedy as it unfolded. Colin's story is considered one of the three biggest news stories in the U.S. between the wars. <gasps> along with Charles Lindbergh's solo flight across the Atlantic and the kidnapping of his baby. Oh, my God. Of the Lindbergh baby. He's like in a Lindbergh sandwich. He's in a war sandwich and then a Lindbergh sandwich. It's like PEMDAS. I don't know. PEMDAS. It's the world's (laughs) worst version of PEMDAS. (laughs) So he's, I mean, other, like, in between World War I and World War II, you're one of the top three stories. That's insane. Um, So 18 days go by. And during this, I think it was either one or two. Other cave-ins happen from people trying to get to him. Of course. Cave-ins are making it worse and worse. So eventually, one of the cave-ins happens and locks him away from people. <gasps> people are now like, the only option is to dig a whole new fucking route, which takes five days to get him. And when they get him, he's died. He, he died? He died. I really thought with the carnival and everything that he was going to be okay. I know. But I mean, he was down there by himself for five days. No food. That's so sad. Um, His death was the most famous death to come out of caving. 
And incidentally, his death brought a lot more tourism to Mammoth Cave, which is ironic since he wanted to do all this for to help to get into tourism. Um, and that was like his uh, competing cave, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no. yes. So like a real kick in the crotch Buddy, to Floyd Collins. I'm sad about that. That's so traumatic to die like that. I would haunt I the shit out of this cave if I were him. Well, he haunted for a few reasons, and you'll see in a second. So okay. this this tourism that went to the Mammoth Cave because people were just want to go see hit the site where he died. The tori- the tourism got so popular and this cave got so big that it ended up becoming a national parks, like being <gasps> ranked on the register of national parks. Jesus. So like he really shot himself in the foot there of like uh like oh I don't I this is my com- competitor and now it's also a literal national park. Um, thanks to me. Thanks to me. So this is at the end of his fucking bananagram story because his brother and friends um ended up burying him near the cave and a year later i guess a new property owner was involved uh, uh and found where he was buried dug him up and put him in a glass casket <gasps> for tourists to view Ew. um here is a picture no you can't see in it there's a picture of his coffin oh my god and then also here is a picture of the rock that was trapping him down there. Oh my god. Ah. So now he's in a he, he's now in a glass casket for tourists. This two, is horrifying. 2 years go by. So he's in a glass casket on display for everybody that entire time. Then one day the property manager shows up and Floyd has been stolen. <gasps> He's then found in a field, missing his leg. What? I'm assuming the leg that the rock crushed. crushed? I don't know. And then he's brought back to the cave and then is still like public access until 1961. Just without a leg. Just without without a leg. What the fuck? And then he's... And then in 1961, that area of the cave officially became, like, restricted access. And then he still wasn't buried for, like, another 18 years. Oh, my God. But this entire time, people obviously reported spooky experiences near where his body was. Mm. So um, once while alone, an employee was next to Floyd's casket and saw a bottle slide by itself off the shelf and then heard phantom fingers tapping on the glass ew 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 ew. as if like ding 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 it was me it's one thing to like see it fall and you can convince yourself oh it was just like a shift in the wind i don't know but then the clinking uh two researchers one time were in one of the caves and heard a phone ringing um they like one of the cave phones and they follow you know the classic cave phone i didn't know there were phones down there that's i think it's i like how i like to think of the different caves as different departments of like hello nope oh wrong cave (laughs) hr oh no let me let me transfer you um so they were down there and heard the phone ringing and they followed the sound to like which phone was ringing and it was the one next to floyd's coffin (gasps) and uh, they picked it up to see who was on the other line. Nobody was on the line, but as they were holding the phone, the some the sound of someone coming on the phone showed up, and then that person 
heard uh, that person gasped and then the line went dead so it's what? like they, they picked up the phone before anything happened and then they heard someone pick up the other line gasp and hang mean? up i don't know but then they ended up leaving the cave to go home that day and when they were coming up the hill they saw that the phone wires to that phone they had got the ring on the the wires were cut years uh, ago uh 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 Another time, there was a woman named Candace who took a caving class and lost her footing and fell oh, right no. near where Floyd had fallen. And she felt a hand grab her and save her, but nobody else was near her when it Aww. happened. Which she was probably like, girl, I've done this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> there's also there was a man uh, collecting data near the cave and he heard, help me, help me, Johnny. I'm trapped, Johnny. And his co-workers next to him didn't hear that, but he kept hearing Johnny, I'm trapped. <gasps> and he didn't know the story about um, Floyd Collins, but uh, he later looked him up and found out that his best friend's name was Johnny. Oh, and Johnny no. was one of the last people to speak to him. Oh, Em, that's sad. Uh, Floyd Collins inspired several pieces of work after this because he was so infamous at the time and his story is apparently still a legend there um he even inspired a 90s broadway musical what um, <laughs> which i did listen to the soundtrack last night and it's oh, bananagrams cats. no <laughs> <laughs> i've heard of it uh he there apparently he's also inspired books films and songs which Folk by music, the way probably they probably loved that shit it was like like kentucky Bluegrass. Old-timey, old-timey music. So in 1926, the song The Death of Floyd Collins came out right after he died, and it sold three million copies. No. In 1926, which was like... that? uh, It was obviously a band I'd never heard of. But if you type in The Death of Floyd Collins, you can still hear it on YouTube. And these are the final lyrics of that song. Oh, my God. Young people owe take warning from Floyd Collins' fate. And get right with your maker before it is too late. It may not be a sand cave in which we find our tomb, but at the bar of judgment, we too must meet our doom. Jesus Christ. And that is the story of the Mammoth Cave. Um, that was good. What a doozy. That one... Wow, we really delivered on the banter. Last time, I really sucked the air out of the place with like that really dark, dark story. So I'm glad I brought it back. Whew, with a, what a little a... livelier, even though like Floyd Collins really. I you mean, know, I can't what believe a sad he died. Story. I'm so sad. I know it's even eerier. I didn't want to tell you at, until after I showed you the picture of him. Yeah, it's so creepy now to see the photo. It's like people could see him feet away almost, and. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's tragic. And in a moment of panic, if I were him and like now the cave and just happened and I'm by myself, I don't know what I would have done, but I would have absolutely lost my mind being like, like, I was so close. And now I'm that that fear, like, you can't be serious. Like, I was like this close to getting out. And oh. also, like, all of a sudden, like, the, the fun times of people like having a carnival next to me, I'd be so livid being like they're having so much fun and like making a joke of this like yeah, be, people are making money people are taking photos and oh my god i'd be like are they even do they even know were they having too much fun like at their carnival they didn't even notice that this just happened to me am i trapped here for good now also like, imagine being that, there that day 
like as a kid, like I'm on the Ferris wheel. And then it's like, well, we've uh, recovered his body. He's dead. Carnival's yeah. over, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like you just go home. Oh, my God. But I anyway. want to find like a postcard or something from that event. I'm sure there's some. Hold on. Wouldn't let me that be wild. eBay. Just like a talk about a tchotchka. Floyd Collins. You know, it's Floyd Collins. Uh, souvenir. There's gotta also, be something. I don't know, like, why you couldn't remember who sang the death of Floyd Collins in 1925, because obviously it was Fiddlin' John Carson and Vernon Dalhart. <laughs> okay, see? <laughs> yeah, I did. I obviously that just slipped my mind. What's wrong with you? Um, there are still a lot of postcards for purchase. Yes. From, um, a lot are just of his grave. Oh, dear. Um, okay. And then there's another one that's titled Crowd Gathers at Floyd Collins Entrapment at Sand Cave. <laughs> so, you know, mm. if you'd like to purchase that. And then um, there's, oh my God, there's a peep, apparently there, the, the rock literally used to have a photo op and it was, it's now a postcard or it was a postcard then. And it's titled The Rock That Trapped Floyd Collins. And it's a man just holding the rock smiling. Ew. Ugh. It's a little too much. Oh my god, there's a postcard of the picture I, I sent you of him looking up at you. Oh, Ooh, okay. It's getting a little dark. It's a little too dark. I just meant of dark. the carnival guys, not of the fucking Yeah, I think that your best bet is gonna be this picture here of the the crowd showing up. Hang on. So oh, that's God. Hang on. I'm telling you, humans never change. Like this never is, ever. If this happened today, it would be the exact same nonsense crowd of spectators oh you can see the hamburger cart for a nickel <gasps> i told you it was a nickel wow yep. look at that and oh, then on the crazy and then on the back of the post that postcard it says when news of floyd collins entrapment spread crowds came to sand cave vendors set up to cater to them selling hamburgers balloons illegal moonshine and more automobiles were lined up and parked for over four miles in Jeez. each direction on all roads in the vicinity leading to sand cave holy shit Oof. i guess word travels even back then i mean if in the, in such a small town with like the yeah. coolest thing going on is a cave like i feel like when someone gets locked in the cave and one person is selling hamburgers nearby like Hello. people are gonna hear about it yeah anyway Whoa. and you're like i got extra bathtub gin should i go and make a little profit yeah, yeah exactly so i've got i've got my my moonshine bathtub moonshine yeah wow <sighs> and what a story what a story i gotta say you knocked it out of the park i didn't even mean to it just just happened even better because you did yep. you nailed it well um i'm unfortunately not excited to hear from you because <laughs> last i recall ring ring it's the cave phone <laughs> it's me and you don't have a choice um if we recall the last time that we spoke was when you were telling me this awful story that you're now finishing from your part two series does it Help if I tell you that Tiffany, who was ignored by the authorities, has her, this is like her redemption arc. Oh, yes. Because last we left off, people were like slut shaming her. Oh, yeah. I mean, beyond. like Beyond. Like beyond. she was literally like probably covered in blood and scream crying and traumatized. And they were like, well, you, well, you asked for it. And had strangulation marks and was pregnant. Yeah. 
I I I I left fuming, Christine. So I I was so heated sorry. for the rest of the day. I was like, why am I? I was like, why do I feel so irritable? And I was like, ah! and it was <laughs> your microphone literally did that noise cancellation where when oh, we shit. get too loud, it like just mutes you, which is when I know that you are having a fe- a big feeling. In case you missed it, everyone, I went ah. Ah, but much louder and I think angrier. they can hear it. It just like Zoom just decides I get to be cut off from the sound, which I'm not not thankful for. Um, well, it was just so infuriating. And so, yeah, you know, I felt weird for several days after that. I mean, it's only a couple days after that. So I still feel weird. But um, I did. I felt weird. I was like, I feel like I put everyone in a bad place. And I'm, I'm sorry you did. about it. Yeah. But, you know, that's just what you do best. So <laughs> it really is, which I'm trying to come to terms and come to grips with that but you know it'll take me another couple years maybe mm-hmm. okay well i got a little recap here okay so it's gonna get worse before it gets better and i'm sorry i'm gonna trust the process christine okay. because yeah, thank wow you. you just what a doozy last week i really fucked us all up so let's uh let's trust the process mm-hmm. even though i know i'm i know it's hard to trust me right now but always actually just, but you just always especially now so quick recap if you didn't listen to the last episode folks please do um if not and you just want to live you're gonna live, be so lost yeah I, which is like fine you know you do you it's none of my business i'm just happy you're listening but um you know it probably makes more sense the other way around but here we go quick recap khalil wheeler weaver who was also known as the tagged killer which i have not um given you context for so we'll go over that today was a notorious new jersey serial killer and spree killer who was active for just several months in late 2016 he was only 20 years old and he took several lives in that brief spree of murders on august 31st he murdered robin daphne michelle west and in the following months he murdered joanne brown and attempted to murder tiffany taylor who thankfully got away But, of course, as we've kind of touched on, was dismissed uh, by authorities and not taken seriously. And uh, they didn't even take her handcuffs off for an hour because they were like, well, you are a streetwalker, quote unquote. So why should we believe you? Uh, They, through Joanne's friend, along with Tiffany's statement as a survivor, police now have Khalil's name, phone number, home address, Facebook account and license plate number. They know that he was the last person to be seen with Joanne before she went missing, and they have a statement from Tiffany, the survivor, that he raped her and attempted to murder her, but nothing has been done. So that's where we left off, and that is why M was in a tizzy, so to speak. We left in a great spot. Mm-hmm. Yep, everyone, everyone's satiated from that story. Yeah, I remember it well. So... Until now, Khalil has been targeting women who tragically, uh, not only investigators, but the media, society, has just dismissed pretty summarily. Like, Mm -hmm. even the headlines said, you know, uh, hooker, prostitute, instead of, you know, talking about them as people, just kind of lumped them together and uh, dismissed them. Mm Mm-hmm. All three of his victims so far have been sex workers, and all three were black women, which, of course, increased their vulnerability to violent crime and, of course, increased their, uh, (laughs) their, uh, I don't know what the right word is, dehumanization by the rest of the world. It's a good word. There, it just popped right out of me, you know? So Khalil, at this point, as you can imagine, is feeling invincible because he's just not doing jack-all to cover his tracks, and yet... 
I mean, okay, just, yeah, again, quick recap. People know what he looks like, his address, his Facebook, his license plate number, the car that he's currently in, or was just in, right, the Lincoln sedan. Uh-huh. He, like, he is, there's nothing left to know about him. You yeah. could call him on the, she literally has his phone number. Phone number. But she, you could call him and be like, you're arrested, and nobody cares. Like, first, middle, last name, whole shebang, nothing to do about it. So other than the original fire, uh, which had destroyed a lot of evidence, he had really done nothing to cover his tracks. He didn't even use a burner phone or cover his license plate, as you just touched on. Tiffany was alive to tell her whole story, and yet nobody had come knocking. So he felt invincible. Which this is like when we talk about like narcissists and murder and like how they have like this like cockiness and this air to them and this arrogance of like, haha, look what You'll I can get away with. catch me. There's nothing left for him to test. Like, he is just getting away with it. Like, he, is, he must he be could, shocked. He must have been waiting for somebody to show up. Some sirens out the window. Yeah, he, like, he could go up to a cop right now, smack him on the face, <laughs> and be like, I'm guilty. And they'd go, have a nice day, sir. Like, <laughs> it's so beyond infuriating. And while they're telling all the victims that they asked for this, I like, can't even think about it. Yeah, it's infuriating. So he is just like living large uh, on mm. the lamb, not even on the lamb because nobody's looking for him. He just just gently strolling by, just holding <laughs> the cop's hand, at least strolling by wine and dining him. So he is feeling invincible. But the good news for us here is that Khalil is about to do himself in once and for all. Thank God. But of course, that will come at a cost. So in November, he chose a new target named Sarah Butler. Now, Sarah grew up in Montclair, which was a 12-minute drive from Orange, New Jersey. Part of Montclair was wealthy with high income and expensive houses, and then nearby there were people, of course, living in abject poverty, so you had this duality there. For Sarah's family, money could be tight, but they generally lived in in comfort. They lived a pretty standard middle-class life. Um, Her mother was an immigrant from Jamaica who worked as a nanny for wealthier families, and her father watched the kids during the day and then worked evenings as a bartender at a country club. Sarah herself was a vibrant, happy girl. When she was five, she enrolled in her first dance class and discovered an inherent talent and passion for dance. She did ballet, jazz, African dance, and more. And she didn't just love to dance. She actually worked extremely hard at it and was very, very talented. As a teenager, her dance team actually took third place at the Apollo Theater's famous amateur night. Damn. Yeah, like really kicked ass at it. And as a teenager, she and her sisters all enjoyed working as YMCA lifeguards. Uh, She worked actually several jobs to try and save up for a new car because she was starting college in Jersey City, which was 15 miles away from home. Mm -hmm. And she was the first of her family to ever go to college. So this was a really big deal. And she worked really hard to save up money for a car so she could commute. And her sophomore year, she thought, you know what? Why not just cut the commute? I'm going to move into the dorms and live on campus. So Sarah had had plenty of friends back in Montclair, but, you know, starting college now, she is struggling the way a lot of us did. Just like, you know, adjustment period. Yeah, like adjusting, growing pains, like trying to find your group and feeling lonely, that kind of thing. And she was homesick, but she was really determined because she had worked so hard to get to this point. So she joined an app called Tagged. Have you heard of this? Oh, uh, no, I haven't. But now I understand why he's called the Tagged Killer. Yeah, I but, hadn't heard of it either. And I no. feel old because <laughs> apparently this is what people were using in college in like 
uh, God, what year was it at this point? It was like after we were in college. So I think we were too oh. old, too old to know what it was. Um, I think it was like the 2016 ish. So time? was there, is there a, there's a Craigslist killer. There's a tagged killer. Is there anything else? Like a, uh, is there I a believe there's Tinder a my, killer? MySpace killer. There's Grinder for sure. Um, yeah, I think there's, I think every app unfortunately has a, a namesake. Um, Gross. Murderer, which is really unpleasant to think about. So she joins this app called Tagged, where people would go to find friends, find dates, find hookups, just the usual. And it's there where she connected with someone using the screen name Lil Yacht Rock. Oh, green flag. yeah indeed does he like to go spelunking and is his name lil yacht rock then i think you've got a winner yeah sadly i think just on the name alone i think you would have gone on a date with him i honestly that's sad but true yes i do think as an adult though you would just like try to find him on social media and creep him way Yeah, you would somehow be the creepy one in this dynamic. Now. I would turn it around really fast and be like, "Sorry, I this was your thing, and I've made it weird." Um, <laughs> yes, so Lil Yacht Rock was his username. Really dumb, but whatever. Whatever it was going to be, I was going to call it dumb. Um, of course, this was Khalil Wheeler Weaver. So pretty much right off the bat, he asked Sarah if she'd have sex with him for money. And Jeez, yeah, like really just hitting it hard from the first conversation. And this was out of character for her. Um, she, you know, was working multiple jobs. She didn't like really she had other options for money. So she wasn't, you know, as maybe strapped for cash as some of the other victims had been. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'd never done this before. But it was sort of a time. I mean, you think about college, it's like. People do risky things. People People are experimenting. No judgment. But also interesting on his part that he had to request for money. He could have just taken on a fucking date and like tried to sleep with her. So he, he, this is what he did. He would tell people, he would tell women, he would pay them. And I don't know. Part of me wonders if, well, there's multiple theories I have in my dumb little brain. But one of them is (laughs) maybe he needed them to be paying getting paid for sex to be dismissed by him as like as like uh deserving of this crime you know what i mean like he only killed sex workers so like maybe he needed Mm. that to kind of warrant in his own mind like well she's getting paid for sex i can kill her it doesn't matter like the guilt isn't there or maybe like if she just thought you were charming and wanted to sleep with you he can't find you that dis- repulsive. That's what I mean. Yeah, like he needed that to 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 warrant. He needs the to reaction. feel. Like, I this is not how I feel about sex work, by the way. But like, are we saying that maybe he needed to feel dirty about being used for money to hate yeah, them, or or maybe almost like he needed to see them like how the media did, like as less than a human, mm. like not just a nice woman you're taking on a date, but somebody who's like lower than low in his mind or like right. less deserving scum of the earth scum yeah. of the earth less deserving of fair treatment it's almost like he needed that justification that's the word i was trying to come up with like oh, he needed yeah, yeah, yeah. to justify it by that's one of my again this is a theory but and my other theory is you know i feel like if you're meeting up with someone 
and you're getting paid to have sex with them, you're less likely, at least in my mind, to like tell all your friends and family mm. about this, you know? Good point. It's Good like point. a more like illicit situation and like less likely to, but I mean, at the same time, he's not really covering his tracks anyway, but you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what the motive was there, but those are some possibilities, I guess. Um, no, that's a good point. I I think that has to be part of it. The like, they'll, I'm, I won't be told on. Yeah. If, if they feel bad about it, but also people are literally telling on him left and right. And he's, I fine, know exactly. So it's almost like, whatever, what's the point? But yeah, that that's kind of what my guess is. Um, but either whatever the reason, you know, she was intrigued and she, you know, people, students, especially starting college, feeling alone, isolated, trying to figure themselves out, make an identity for themselves. You do dumb shit. OK, we've said it a million times. Mm-hmm. The dumb shit I should have I have done in my life. Like we've all been there. We're just two of the lucky ones who didn't. Yeah, like, exactly. I just feel f- really fortunate that something worse didn't happen. You know, we survived it, but others don't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really. um really unfortunate uh but so she agreed to it for the price of five hundred dollars and she this part i already have goose cam um she made a joke that a lot of us probably would have made uh Mm -hmm. she texted him you're not a serial killer right lmao yep and it's like oh it's so chilling like if only she knew just even the half of it you know i mean well because all of us when we've all of us have texted that at least once and like right at least everyone I know has. At least and I like, have, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's because you would still, you still think, even though you're, like, protecting yourself, there's no way I'm the one. It's ridiculous to think, like, oh, I'm talking to a serial killer. The concept is... Beyond. I mean, even to me as a true crime podcaster, I'd be like, you're being crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, it would be out of, out of left field. But she had some inkling that this was, you know, a little iffy um and she texted you're not a serial killer right lmao and of course it was such a distant possibility that it never occurred to her he actually was a serial killer at this point so her first meeting with him she actually bailed and she apologized through the app saying she felt like an ass but she was too nervous he told her i'm a really cool guy once you get to know me oh wow fucker well, say it with me. Green flag. Green flag. Seriously. Um, that's a great point. I hadn't even thought of that. Um, but yeah, it's also very unsettling. It's wild that her gut feeling was right. I know. I know. And for the amount of times we've said on the show, like, you know, trust your gut. And like so many of us, every one of us has ignored our gut mm-hmm. and then look back and gone, oops, you know? Yeah. It's just we're lucky that it didn't turn out this badly. So on November 22nd, only a week after the whole Tiffany thing went down where she survived is literally a week later. He's at it again. Sarah agrees to meet up. And this time she's feeling more certain, more independent, more courageous. And it was the first day of Thanksgiving break. So her mom had driven to the city to pick her up and bring her home. That evening, Sarah asked to borrow the minivan and run an errand. So this is where I'm kind of saying, like, she's clearly not saying like maybe if he had invited her on a date, she'd say, oh, I'm going on a date with this guy. This is his name. But since this is like, you know, paid sex, she tells her mom, oh, I'm just running an errand and mm-hmm. doesn't say where she's going and keeps it kind of secret. So she picked Khalil up, get this, at the same vacant house on Highland Avenue where Joanne's body was still inside laying undiscovered. Oh, my God. So her body had not even been found yet. 
her friends are in the meantime looking for her and her body's in there and he says pick me up at this location like he's just loving this fucking game this whole thing oh my god oh god it's so sick it's sick so they first went to a 7-Eleven so Khalil could buy condoms, romantic, and then to Eagle Rock Reservation, which was a county park with a view of the New York City skyline. And there, he strangled Sarah to death with a pair of sweatpants and left her body under some sticks and leaves, <gasps> then took her mom's minivan and fled the scene and left her there with her pants still around her own neck. Oh my God. It's horrific. When Sarah didn't return home from her errand by 8 p.m., as she had planned, her oldest sister, Basanya Daly, started texting Sarah's friends, and none of them had seen her or knew where she was. And uh, in the morning, their mom called her and got voicemail, and pretty immediately they were like, something is wrong, because if Sarah is even running late from the bank or the grocery store, she will text us or she will answer her phone, like, she doesn't just go away and not come home. So mm. they knew pretty immediately something was wrong. It was three days later that one of Bassania's friends found her mom's minivan dumped behind an old factory. And also, I mean, it's just occurring to me, November 25th. So this was, like we said, Thanksgiving break. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just think like the whole Thanksgiving break, her family is just wondering where she is. Oh, fuck. It didn't even occur to me that they had to spend Thanksgiving this way. Like just looking for her so they found uh the minivan behind an old factory it was four miles from where sarah lived but only six blocks from khalil's house of course wasn't it also six blocks last time it's like he's got a perfect radius he has it's like when you watch those crime shows and they do like a geocircle a little tagging where it could be yeah yeah some sort of mapping like mapping himself exactly and you're gonna i'm gonna bring this up later too but he like perfectly checks the boxes for like all the shit that's well i'll tell you but like he brought his phone for example to every crime scene so like they're like ding 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 (laughs) ding like you there's no hiding anything Mm. so police arrive at the scene and the women in sarah's life her sister and best friend and mom of course at this point know something terrible must have happened They find on the floor of the minivan Sarah's red weave that she was wearing the night of her disappearance. And when Bassania and Lamia Brown, who's one of Sarah's friends, saw this, they knew it was foul play. They were like, somebody has hurt her. Mm. They couldn't sit around and wait for an investigation. So they, the friends and sister, leapt into action themselves. So this is where we turn into like kick-ass territory. Good for them. I know, I know. They're like, we'll fucking handle it. We'll handle it. So Bassania, Lamia, and Sarah's friend Samantha Rivera all gathered at the Butler family home. And one of them, thankfully, knew the login to Sarah's laptop. So Mm. they got on her laptop and they looked around for clues and they found Sarah's tagged account and her messages with Khalil. And they were shocked uh, when they saw that she was getting into sex work, but they also weren't like judging her they just said okay well looks like Lil yacht rock mm-hmm. is the one we need to find like clearly he's involved somehow i love how it took like just curious like driven minds on this five minutes seriously like minutes they just hop on the computer and they're like well we know who it is mm-hmm. so samantha get this this is 
this has you and me written all over it, made a fake account (laughs) and reached out to Lil Yacht Rock to be like, hey, what's up? And they message back and forth with him for several days while the police are in the background looking for Sarah. So the women were actually at the police station giving statements one night when Khalil messaged Samantha on Tagged and asked her to meet up. So she's Mm. literally turns a phone to the police and is like, oh, my God, he wants to meet with me. Is she about to go undercover? Yeah, basically. Ah! (laughs) This is nuts. Like, I mean, it really sounds like an episode of Criminal Minds. So even with tagged to me, I know, I know I'm probably just not cool, but to me tagged sounds like a fake account, like a fake social media that television writers made up, you know? Yeah. Oh, it it sounds like wolf.com. Yes. Yes. It does. Oh, I hope there's not a wolf.com serial killer. That would really bum me out. Um, His name is BJ Novak or something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he went to jail, I guess. Yeah. Not him his character yeah just before yeah, i yeah. get like some i don't know writers guild <laughs> lawyers coming after me <laughs> i don't know how that works okay so she's like um this guy wants to meet up with me and they're like okay all right we're we're mobilizing people mm-hmm. so the way he had reached out to her and asked for sex and offered money it was almost an identical message to the one he had sent last to sarah <gasps> which was like really chilling it was basically like a copy paste mm. he offered cash he said he was in a hurry to meet up, and he put the pressure on her. She agreed to pick him up at a nearby Panera Bread. Mm. She told him she was at home with the baby and doing her makeup, so she would have to wait a little bit for somebody to come watch the baby before she could come out. So the women went inside and are telling the police this story, and the detectives are like, okay, keep him interested, like, keep him talking. And two detectives, meanwhile, went to meet Khalil while the women remained at the station. Oh, Okay. So the report journal said, quote, he believed he was hunting his next victim. In reality, the women were hunting him. Mm-hmm. And that's the tagline for our next blockbuster hit. <laughs> <laughs> so when detectives arrived, Khalil was so cool, calm, collected, fucking cucumber, this guy. He is polite. He's cooperative. He's like, hey, what's going on to the cops? Like, just playing these fucking mind games he told them yes he had gone a date with a woman named sarah the other night but when he dropped her off at home she was alive and well and then he went to a friend's house so he has no idea what happened and he's so chill and he pulls up a friend's number and the police call the friend and the friend's like yeah he was with me so they find they have this alibi for him they don't have sarah's body yet they just they can't hold him for anything so they're like Mm. well shit we gotta let him go And since they already missed the boat when Tiffany told them what happened, it was too late for that. So now they're like kind of shit out of luck. Like they're like, well, I hope this, these women can can draw him in and lure him in so that we can get him because they don't really have anything on him. So although the women in Sarah's life knew something was terribly wrong, it still seemed like the police were not going to say it was foul play until they found her body and figured out what had actually happened so they really had no choice but to let khalil go not long afterward the investigators were able to triangulate the last known location of sarah's cell phone and they finally were able to locate her body so now they're like all right we officially have a murder on our hands there's no question about it khalil is our prime suspect and they once again went to the friend the alibi 
who had said, oh, he was with me. And apparently the friend basically said, look, he told me to cover for him if the police came knocking, but I had no idea this was about murder. I was absolutely not with him that day. I just thought this was like a minor thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Murder. Like I'm not participating in this cover up. Yeah. I, as, as Taylor Swift said, I wish to be excluded from the narrative. (laughs) Precisely. He's like, this is not part of what I planned for. Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, if it were like a drug thing, maybe, but murder. No. So he's like, I, I, that alibi is a lie. He was not with me. So finally, December 13th, 2016, police arrested Khalil under suspicion of murder. Finally. In the meantime, contractors repairing the empty home on Highland Avenue had discovered Joanne Brown's body, and they were starting to piece this whole story together. Then Tiffany happened to see a headline of Khalil's arrest in the paper, and she was like, well, the police ignored me last time, so I'm going to go to the Essex County prosecutor instead. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I fucking she, love this. I know. So she goes straight to the prosecutor who said her persistence was unbelievably courageous. Mm. So police spent three years putting together a case against Khalil, connecting Joanne's and Robin's murders and Tiffany's attack to Sarah. Tiffany, of course, ended up the star witness of the case. Her day-long testimony was crucial for tying together Khalil's M.O., the way he targeted sex workers, the way he strangled people, the way he used duct tape. Like, she had all the answers for that because she had survived it. Mm -hmm. Khalil had also been incredibly careless, as we kind of already alluded to, because he could be. Uh, He carried his phone with him at all times to every murder, didn't have a burner. His phone location data put him at the scene of every single crime and showed that after he lit the fire at the first house, he came back and watched it burning with a crowd of people. Ew. So he came back to the crime scene. Hey. And don't they say that a lot about arsonists that like part of the thrill and I'm not saying he's an arsonist. I mean, he clearly is an arsonist to an extent. I just don't know how much of that is like pathological versus he was just, but they say like people who commit arson often come back to watch their work so to speak yeah wow i and also i mean we already talked about this a little bit but like just the like the full cockiness of getting away with it but it it is it's almost like beyond cockiness and just like how did i mean oh i because of the previous stories where he actually was getting away with it it takes away from me saying this but when he was doing all this and not you know turning off his phone you know he was just so like brazenly Mm -hmm. killing it's like how did you think you weren't gonna get caught yeah yeah and it's like he shouldn't have thought it but then he didn't like you're saying so it's a weird paradox it's like it's like well he didn't get caught so but he didn't right but he yeah so it's well like how do you go into that thinking like i don't need a plan like it's so i wonder if that's why it was like spree killing because he was like well i just it's going to end eventually. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just get it out of my system, so to speak, and like, just go on a rampage because I'm going to get caught. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's disturbing. Um, I mean, thankfully, at least the fact that he was so brazen helped put him in prison during the Mm -hmm. trial. I mean, I didn't unfortunately stop him from killing multiple other people. Um, but at least it helped them gather evidence. But yeah, it's just really sad. Mm. So 
He was at the county park where Sarah's body was found at the same time Sarah's phone was pinging its location. He was at the Highland Avenue house where they found Joanne. He was on the side of the road where Tiffany was attacked. Basically, every single spot was neatly recorded in his phone, which is kind of what I was trying to say when I said, like, oh, he was basically doing the geo triangulation that you see on TV. Like, yeah, the killer lives within this radius. Like, he's literally just building out this exact map. Yep. And uh, it was just creepy how, like, neatly everything lined up. So prosecutors had the text he sent to Sarah on tagged, the calls to Joanne's friend's phone where he was just breathing on the other end of the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All of his conversations with Tiffany. And they found out Khalil also had extra phones at home. And he used these phones because apparently... He thought, I can take my phone with me to the crime scenes, but I don't want to Google anything incriminating on this phone. I'll Google the incriminating things on my other phones that are still at home. So I don't know how that really saves you any. But he Googled shit like which chemical can be used to kill a human and how to access date rape drugs. Oh, for fuck's sake. Great. So despite all of this, Khalil maintained his innocence. What? Yeah, he said he was being framed by the county. What? Lunatic. What? Like it's and sheer lunacy. How did he? How did he get? A, like what? The cops just went. Well, that's a good enough reason. Like how did he just walked away? He was like, oh no no no, sorry. I meant he maintained his innocence. Like he. Oh oh like oh, he oh, oh. he kept saying he was innocent. Nobody thought he was innocent. Nobody. Believed oh my him. god. Okay. Sorry, God, no. I no. This is I was a like, Christine, arc. don't do this. Don't do no, this. No, 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 no. He just he just said, I don't know. I'm being framed, and everyone was uh-huh. like, You're a fucking idiot. Okay. You're not being framed. Um, okay. But he maintained that he had done nothing wrong. He was eerily cool, like eerily chill. Um, but like how on earth would anybody be able to discount the evidence and witness statements, especially Tiffany's firsthand account and saying, I see the man who tried to kill me and who raped me. And he's right there. Like, how could yeah, you like, dismiss that? No need for a lineup. I will tell right. you exactly who he is. Exactly. She was really understandably disturbed by Khalil's not guilty plea and his lack of emotion. And she said to the prosecutor and judge, I hope you don't show him any remorse because he's not showing any remorse. Mm. In her testimony, Tiffany highlighted the tragedy of her treatment by the Elizabeth police department saying, if the police had believed me, Sarah Butler would still be alive. So I'm really glad she got the chance to publicly say that. Yeah. When the police who responded to Tiffany's call took the stand, they were asked if they believed Tiffany at the time. One of them said, I mean, no, not really. Uh, well, Kel Surprise. Yeah, yeah, we all figured I mean, we that figured one out. that out, yeah. Ultimately, Tiffany said it was anger that got her on the stand despite her fear. And she said she testified because she wanted Khalil to see her and know she was part of his undoing, which I love that, like, redemption arc. Tiffany said later, people keep telling me I'm a hero. I was just mad. I wanted something to happen to him for what he did to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Understandable. During the trial, Sarah Butler's friends and family spoke as well, and county prosecutors said targeting Sarah was Khalil's fatal mistake. Sarah's mother said he messed with the wrong girl. Sarah was well-loved. She was such a good girl. I know my daughter and the love and care she grew up with. She loved to dance. She loved to swim. She loved kids. It's so sad that people didn't get to know her. It just makes me really sad. Mm. 
On December 19, 2019, Khalil Wheeler Weaver was sentenced to multiple life sentences for the murders of Robin West, Joanne Brown, and Sarah Butler, the attempted murder of Tiffany Taylor, desecration of human remains, and aggravated arson. Wow. At his sentencing, completely calm and collected, Khalil said, oh, this makes me ill. He said, my heart goes out to the families. However, I was not the person who committed these crimes. It's like, give it up, bud. Give mm. it a fucking rest. It's just gross because it's just the the last. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just like the I'm last. Like, I don't want your sympathy, you asshole. I just want you to own it once. Yeah, just, just for fucking closure. Own it. Just for the closure. So Tiffany and his other vic- victims' families were left behind to pick up the pieces of their lives. Sarah's younger sister danced a tribute to her sister to the Hall and Oates song "Sarah Smile." <laughs> uh. <laughs> Makes me sad. Sarah's mom says she always feels Sarah with her. Tiffany Taylor, who's now raising two daughters of her own, often feels afraid. She finds herself panicking in stairwells and other secluded public places. She said she sometimes feels like Khalil still won because of the effect he's had on her. And Khalil's story was not over. So there's more. How? (laughs) I know. In April of 2019, when Khalil had already been in prison awaiting trial for several years, employees at an orange funeral home found human remains in the empty carriage house they used for storage. Mm. Six months later, in November 2019, when Khalil was on trial for three other murders, authorities identified the remains as 15-year-old Mawa Dumbia, who went missing October 7, 2016, in the midst of Khalil's killing spree. Mm, so she wasn't even noticed she wasn't even i guess linked to any of this that's so sad investigators once again were able to follow khalil's phone data on the night of mawa's disappearance to her house and to the location where they recovered her remains and then he used google maps to look at her home and then find a nearby property where he could Mm. take her body wow like he really is on the fly doing this shit like he's just winging it well, that answers my question then to like, how did you not plan this? And he just really didn't fucking go on the plan. He's just fucking around and it worked. Which also makes it like extra gross to like, this was just like an impulsive thing he did yeah. from time. Like, like it was like a hobby. Like, I'm going to go skateboarding. It's I'm just like, going to try this. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. murder somebody and just see kind of where the and day takes And then do me. it over and over again just because it worked the first time. Mm. In October of 2022, so several months ago now, like almost six months ago, Already serving three life sentences, another murder charge was officially brought against Khalil for Mawa's killing. And at that time, police said they were looking into yet another case that might be linked to Khalil. But oh, we don't so he... have that information yet. So that's how new this is, this new uh, So victim. he could have been doing this for a lot longer than we thought. Well, no, they think it's that same time span. There's just, just more people. Yeah. Mm. And so he, think... was only, he was still doing it like much more frequently than we thought yes that's what they think and to think that after tiffany you know you think you'd be afraid after tiffany survives right and sees you and then within a week he has murdered his next victim like that's how close together they are well there it is again with the cockiness i mean like like why wouldn't you stop if you're just like oh someone literally pointed at me red-handed and Mm -hmm. i got away with it and then there were several other murders after that where like i just got away with it so if you already while you're fucking ahead nope if you already have that like heightened ego and like every single time you are just not even trying to cover it up and you are just like 
you're just so guilty and like not even it i can i can see why he would have like the cocky gene of like well obviously no one's gonna get me because no one's ever gotten me and i wasn't even trying and i wasn't even trying yeah you know it feels like easy i bet you just go home at night and go to bed and nobody knocks on the door at which point like fucking like find a new hobby like there, how is this fun anymore if like you're not even like i don't know i imagine there's got to be some fun element to like being like trying to evade the police well, but they're not even looking for you to just getting away with it over and over that's true yeah I, ugh, it's just so gross it's disgusting so yeah like we said they're basically we think there are other victims that just haven't even been released yet so over the next few years we might see several more murders attributed to him. In the end, the county prosecutor and media outlets believe the true heroes of the story were the women, of course, who refused to back down. Tiffany Taylor, who was cast aside by police after living pretty much an unspeakable horror, um, but Mm. then didn't give up and continued to testify despite her fear uh, and help bring him down. Sarah's friends and family who jumped into action and risked their own lives concerning Khalil. Joanne Brown's and Robin's friends who took down details like Khalil's phone number, his license plate, and who spoke up when nothing happened. Um, These women basically from the start were fighting for their friends, their sisters. Uh, They were looking for them when nobody else was. And uh, when... When the case closed, Assistant Prosecutor Adam Wells said Sarah's friends and family are the heroes of this case. And that wow. is the story of Khalil Wheeler Weaver, part two. Well, I'm glad he at least got put away. I like there's really no other good part to it. I but know. I do appreciate that all those women were like, you know what? Fuck the authorities. I'll handle it. And then like, did. They just handled it. Yeah. Just handled it. Wow. Well, I appreciate the redemption arc, Christine, because you really had me like in a twist last I'm time. Saw we, but yeah, wow, I can't believe, and it's so recent. Yeah, and I feel like there's, it kind of feels a little, I don't know if "ick" is the right word, but there's something about the, the media like praising these women, and I'm like, yeah, this is the same media who called them mm-hmm. like hookers and said like whatever, you know what Excellent I mean? Excellent point. Part of me is just like, okay, well, it's grody. Yeah, it's grody. It feels icky. I'm like, and it's it feels fickle in some way. Yeah, of like, like fair weather fucking like, like when it's a feel good story. All of a sudden, you want to be part of it again. That's a great point of like, how dare you champion women when it's convenient? Yeah, when it makes yeah. a good headline. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That part just kind of makes me feel weird. Um, but that's the story, Emmathy, my friend. Thank you, Emmathy. Appreciates it. Um, man. We had quite a day today. Our banter was a lot, but I'm really interested. I I revealed a lot about my past, I think, with some of this. I mean, we said a lot of things. Maybe we one, two, three, stress Sesame Street. Maybe we regret saying some things, but maybe we don't. Too late. Because I I will immediately have forgotten that I said it. And then someone on Instagram will be like, oh, like Antimobile. And I'll be like, how do you know that? Yeah, yeah one day we're gonna is. someone's gonna send us like Grover Muppets. So I'm gonna be like, what <laughs> is this about? I'm gonna be like, I'm really into it, but why? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm scared, but I'm okay. But I'm um, like, all right, man. Well, um, I'm sure you're gonna find yourself in a downward spiral now on postcards on eBay. Oh yeah. Um, after Floyd Collins. Oh um, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I don't know what else to say, man. We got our after chat we're going to do. We've got, I'll see you in a couple days, which like makes my stomach want to churn, but whatever. Um, Anything? Anything else? Any fun factoids to end on? Um, You know, just go find yourself in a giant Adirondack chair. (gasps) Take take a rest. Man, if anyone wants to let me know where I can find the nearest... There's probably one chair. near you. There has to be by a beach somewhere. I would, I really, my, one of my like secret goals is to get a picture in every single one that exists. Um, because, <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding. Every time I, I see I know one, you're not. I trust me. Whew. I'm aware. I would like to own one, really. So if anyone knows the, the way to get about that, also, I would um, like. Etsy, they're 1500 bucks. So you better just get a bigger property so that you can fit this thing. Nah, I'll just, the troll hole will just be where I leave with the chair. I don't think it's going to fit. I'll disassemble it, then reassemble it in here. You'll see. I'll make You'll it see. fit. They'll all, all right. see. They'll all see. And that's why we drink. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.